Joel, you were evicted last night. How are you feeling? Oh, look, mixed emotions. I've, I've woke up this morning and had a cup of coffee and, uh, yeah, let things settle in once again. Yeah, <laughs> wow. And what did you think of Estelle's big move and did you think you'd be the one leaving? Oh, look, it was a very smart gameplay. Um, you know, you can't deny that. She had to do it, essentially. If, if I was going to win, I was going to be putting up um, three OGs, so, you know. It's a smart thing to do. As soon as I did go up, yeah, I did have a bit of a feeling that I would be going home. Um, I guess I played a high-risk, high-reward gameplay, and I knew that if I, you know, if I were to lose a challenge or get in some hot water, I'd be, I'd be going home, and that's yeah. exactly what happened. <laughs> Can I ask if it was you who won? Who of the OGs would you have put up? Oh, okay, yeah. Well, so my actual plan, I made some deals to actually get rid of Tully. And, um, yeah, I made deals with Tim and Drew to get rid of Tully. And the three people I was going to pick were going to be Dave, Reggie, and Tully. So it would kind of squeeze her out because, yeah, Dave and Reggie, um, you know, have really good reasons for being there. And not not saying that Tully doesn't, but I feel like everyone's, you know, attachment to those two was definitely stronger than Tully. But what my actual plan was to do was to swap out Tully for Tim in the last uh, last minute and then squeeze Tim out. <laughs> oh, my God. Interesting. I know. She handled it. I love it. Imagine her. if I had won. Oh, wow. <laughs> I would have been shook, that's for sure. <laughs> wow. Okay, well. I know. Yeah, that's a, that's a great. That would have been great. I would have been horrified, but... <laughs> But, look, you were a big player in the house. Did you think people knowing that made you such a huge target? Oh, absolutely. Um, And this is something that changed my gameplay from the second I I got into the house because I was planning on, you know, having a bunch of secret alliances and sitting back a little bit and being friends with everyone. But then as soon as I got in there and really started enjoying the challenges and couldn't help myself, then I had to... I was put in this situation where I had to actually nominate people. And I was like, oh, well, this, this has to change. So um, I knew that it was going to be a big target on my back. So I thought, all right, I've got to be smart here. I've got to win challenges and then lock in um, in like a bit of a pyramid sort of scheme where I was like, all right, I got top 14, top 12, top 10, top 8, top 5. And then what that means is I can still win challenges and be seen as a threat, but then still have people who are backing me and have the majority backing me for the longest possible time in the house. Wow. And look, you became kind of like the mastermind behind the newbies. It was very interesting. I mean, <laughs> everyone was looking at you for what to do. Did that happen naturally? Or do you think you kind of like put places, you know, planted seeds so people would kind of look to you? Well, look, I think it just happened naturally. Um, in, in my eyes, like I was just doing what I thought was best to do. And if that was coordinate plays or, you know, trying to influence someone in a way that um, will benefit me, well, I just did what I had to do. And it was it was cool, but then it also got to another point where, you know, now I have an even bigger target on my back because now I'm the head of the newbie. And, you know, then the OGs are, are really going to be going for me. And if they get a chance to, to take me out, they will. And, and look you know, how that turned out. Exactly. <laughs> and look, tell me about the J Crew because I want to know what the conversation was like when you decided to align with each other. Obviously, you're all 
you know, your name starts with J, yeah, that's cool. But then when did it start to get into like, okay, let's actually be something? Um, well, it was actually on the, the first night I spoke to Josh and JC about forming an alliance. Um, I know they showed uh, Josh contacting Johnson and um, JC, but yeah, we actually started out first day as well. And um, yeah, it was just one of these things that we all kind of saw each other as um, like a, a strong player, someone who has a strength in a particular area. You know, if it was the um, strategic side of things, the physical abilities, the social game, uh, running the numbers, that type of thing. We all found strengths we need within each other. And we thought, well, if we were to, you know, sort of unite, um, we're going to have a pretty strong unit. That's going to be pretty hard to mess with. Yeah, very interesting. And look, you won a lot of challenges. And my thinking behind it is like, did you ever think to not be so obvious? Like, did you ever think to be like, oh, maybe I shouldn't go so hard. People will come for me. Like, did you ever <laughs> think that? Oh, look, I definitely, I definitely did. But um, at the same time, like after I won the first two challenges, um, and, you know, the, the second challenge I had to win because otherwise I would have been going home. So it was a situation where I had already gone too hard out of the gate, like in that first challenge, and people saw me as a threat and um, that type of thing. So I was kind of like already in a situation where I couldn't back down because if I, if I started throwing a challenge, then I would have gone home. And I know in myself, if I had thrown a challenge, um, and didn't do it to the best of my ability and went home, I'd be disappointed in myself. So I'd rather play the game I did and I've got no regrets and, you know, have the result that, you know, I, I left with. And, yeah, I'm happy with how I played and, um, yeah, I wouldn't change a thing. Yeah, good. Well, that's good. You're backing yourself. And, okay, look, we need to talk about Alicia. Um, so <laughs> your relationship with Alicia, right, what went through your head when you broke it off with her, because I was looking at you going, what are you doing, Joel? I know, I know. Well, look, in my head, I was I was thinking strategically um, for a good portion of that. I was thinking, I don't get tied up in this too much. I'm already seen as a target. Now, she, you know, is part of the alliance as well. And she's going to become, you know, essentially people are going to start looking at her as my weakness. And um, that was something I had to consider. But also because it was a pressure cooker environment and, you know, you, you form these bonds very quickly and deeply. I didn't want that to skew my view on the game. And ultimately, I, I just wasn't in a position to, to go any further, um, to be honest. I was like, you know what? This is as far as I can go um, with this relationship. Um, and, you know, if, if things are going to progress from here, well, they can progress from the outside. That's, that's what my thinking was behind it. Because then you kind of backflipped and you were like, oh... And you kind of said to her, you know, oh, I, like, you know, you, you admitted that you missed her. And then it was kind of back on then. Yeah, yeah. Well, I actually, so I actually had a, a talk with um with Farmer Dave. And, you know, he said some pretty, pretty insightful things. And then I kind of second-guessed myself and was like, oh, you know what? Like, it could be something that's worth going down. Um, but, you know, I still have my reservations. And, you know, there's, there's a lot that I don't really show on, on, on the TV as well. You know what I mean? Like, there's 24 hours in a day. Um, those a week and they're trying to compress all these storylines into an hour and a half on TV. So, you know, we had a lot more conversations than just the, the one there and, um, you know, it was, it, was, it was good to be able to reconnect um, for, for a period there because obviously I left pretty much straight away. <laughs> um, 
but yeah, like, like and it's, it's not a situation that if you do have a, a relationship breakdown in the house, like you do get segregated. People take sides. Um, it can be very isolating. And I feel like for both of us, what we really wanted was things to go back to normal. That was the, a big part of it. We didn't want to have an awkward uh, encounter or someone trying to be careful with what they say and all that sort of stuff. We wanted it to go back to normal. And um, this was one way of sort of coming to that um, agreement. Interesting. And look, you finally kissed her before the eviction. Oh, finally. (laughs) Honestly, I was waiting. I know. Delayed gratification. Yeah, honestly. I was like, oh, of course he does it at the final moment. God. Um... (laughs) I'm a showman. You've got to make things interesting. You can't make them all straight out of bat. We're boring. We were all waiting, finally. And look, I need to ask, Joel, where do you stand with Alicia now? Um, yeah, like, we're, we're fine. Um, I'm actually I'm actually dating someone else at the moment. <laughs> um, but, yeah, and it was actually pretty funny. Um, the first time I ran into Alicia was actually out on a date with um, a new girlfriend. Oh, and no. That was very, very awkward. Um, but, you know, amicable with, you know, there's no, there's no bad... Um, bad blood. Uh, we just know that, you know, people grow apart and especially over time, like this show was recorded quite a while ago. So, um, you know, things change. But yeah, very awkward for the first encounter. That's oh for God. sure. And, and she's dating someone else now as well. So it, it's good. Well, how did she take it when she bumped into you with another girl? Um, very shocked. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's for sure. Um, I was... was Karaz was there as well, actually, and um, he was eating it up. He loves it. He loves the awkward moment. He loves asking those prompting questions, um, as he does. And, yeah, but ultimately, it was fine. Like, we're adults, and, you know, we know that we we grow and move apart. She lived in Melbourne, um, you know, before going on Big Brother, and I was based in Newcastle. So there was always that sort of gap there that um, was going to be putting, you know, strain on things to begin with. So, yeah. Well, I'm a, I'm a bit sad to hear that, Joel. I know, but, you know, <laughs> endings become new beginnings. Yeah, very true. Now, look, the deal with Drew. Um, okay, well, <laughs> first off, did you think he misinterpreted the deal about taking out Alicia and Sam, or do you think that was exactly what he meant? Oh, that is exactly what he meant. Um, yeah, I even reiterated that, like, to him. I was like, all right, so you're going to get rid of Alicia and I'll get rid of Sam, right? Like, I literally said that point blank to him, and he was like, yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I was like, all right, sweet. Yeah, done. So he's and been saving his life. It was life. perfect. Yeah, oh, yeah. He's been, he's been backpedaled as soon as that all went down because my next play was like, all right, mate, well, you've just given me ammunition to load the gun that's going to take you out. That's my thinking was because I was like, all right, well, if I need to get rid of Drew, I can just start sprinkling some, you know, uh, information around the house that will get eventually back to Sam. I'll let Alicia know straight away. And I let Taraz know straight away as a backup because otherwise it could backfire on myself. So, yeah, essentially I wanted to get in a position where I could put Drew up and get Sam to vote for him, um, you know, to show that he wasn't being authentic in what he was doing because, you know, he was in there playing a really strong game. I believe that 100%. And he was, you know, willing to take out his, you know, his new love interest on the show um, only two weeks in. Wow. Do you think he, he was even interested in Sam in the first place, or do you think it was strategic? Look, I think he's definitely someone who loves a good um, TV uh, relationship, like we've seen in the last season. Um, but 
Yeah, I think definitely part of it was authentic, but I think a lot of it was definitely a play. Um, Sam was a floater, and, you know, this, as Tim said, like the floaters control the game for a good portion of it. And he used that to his advantage, 100%. Dang. Oh, I like that. That's so interesting. You know, when you went, you know, you were like, yeah, yeah, to Drew, and then you went behind, you're like, nah. That point was like, oh, shit, it's going down. Oh, 100%. I had... I had plans and backup plans and backup oh, plans, well, but don't um. Deny it. You're a bit of a sneaky one, Joel. <laughs> I know. <laughs> well, you got to be in the house. Yeah. Hopefully I reckon. You're not I like reckon that. no one is not sneaky. Yeah. <laughs> Look, hopefully that doesn't translate to outside of the house, Joel. Hopefully that was just a oh, big brother exclusive. Not. Yeah. Good. Good. Oh, absolutely. Well, it's crazy because, like, big brother becomes everything. You know, when you're in there. It's all you think about. It's all you can do. There's, there's no thinking about going to work or catching up with another person outside, you know, at any point in time. Like, you're so involved in the show. Um, and I always describe it, um, the best way I like to describe it is research in year nine, but 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Like, you think back to year nine in, like, research and lunch. Like, you have your little group. Everyone's having a chat. There's probably a bit of, um, you know, someone's called someone something or someone went behind someone's back like all that sort of stuff goes on and that's what you do you sit around by the pool you have a chat and you strat and you evaluate someone else's answers and then you strategize from there you form your group and yeah do your best so yeah it's awesome you get so involved in it and it changes who you are for sure and i think but at the same time it also brings out a very authentic version of yourself as well because I end up catching myself a lot of times being like, whoa, like, I can't believe that's the way I've started thinking to, you know, especially with Drew. Like, I, in, in, out in the real world, like, if someone were to you know, proposition me in that way, I'd be like, whoa, like, that is ridiculous. I can't believe you've even brought that up. But in there, all I thought was, this is the perfect opportunity to, you know, to take Drew out now. He's, he's given me the, the gun. <laughs> loaded gun at that. Exactly right. (laughs) But it's um, still loaded. (laughs) It hasn't been used. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Oh, my God. Yeah. Unfortunately, it got cut short. But that's fine. Look. Yeah. Joel. No, it's good. I um, enjoyed my time. Now that you're out, who would you like to win Big Brother for 2022? Oh, Taraz for sure. Um, You know, he was was on a J crew in the end. Um, But yeah, he's definitely one of my best mates in the house and I've caught up with him a lot um, since you know leaving the house, and he's just a solid, authentic guy. Um, he just has lots of love to give, and you know he's pretty fit. I feel like he's definitely seen as a bit of the underdog, but you know once he really switches into gear, um, I reckon he's going to give people a, a run for for their money. Interesting. I can't wait to see how this unfolds. Good one. Well, Joel. Absolutely. Yeah, Joel, you've been great. Thank you so much for joining me on The Eviction Room by Hit Entertainment. Good to have no you. No problem. Thank you for having me. To stay across the latest in entertainment, stars, and reality TV, download the Hit app now.